Morning. I think it's uh, it's the perfect morning, perfect Sunday morning for Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan here. It's raining a little bit outside. The weather's a little bit cold, so I think it's the perfect time to talk about what the Avodah of Chodesh Cheshvan is. I, I think in general, maybe perhaps at another point in time, we'll talk about the months in general. Every single month has a unique Avodah. Some of them it's easier to figure out. Kislev is Hanukkah and, and Tishrei is Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, and some of them are a little bit more complicating months like Cheshvan, a little bit more complicated to figure out what are we supposed to be doing, what are we supposed to be working on, what's the Avoida during Chedesh Cheshvan. But uh, perhaps at one point we'll, we'll, we'll talk in general about the months, but what's important to know and what we'll discuss a little bit t- today is that every month really has within it, contains within it something very specific and very unique for that month. Um, the first Kabbalah Sefer ever written is called the Sefer Yitzira. It's either from Adam Rishon, Avram Avinu, all the way, all the way back from the beginning. And every month contains within it a specific letter of the olive base that's connected to that month. The month of Cheshman is the letter Nun. We won't talk about that, about all aspects of it. Every month has a Shevet. Every month has a certain part of the body that's associated with that part of the month. Every month has a Mazel. That's probably one of the more famous parts of the month. Every month has an action, which maybe we'll talk, about, talk a little bit about today. There's a lot that goes on when it comes to trying to figure out the months, and hopefully, the, the goal over the next, I guess, you know, few months or whatever the next, uh, you know, while that we do this year is really try to focus and to really figure out what are we supposed to be focusing on during each of these months and what's what's special and unique about each of these months. So we'll begin talking about Chaydesh Cheshvan, which probably is the hardest month to begin talking about because it's a month which is devoid of anything. There's no sad days. It's not Tishabov. It's not a Sarbateves, there's no happy days, there's no Yom Tevim. There's it's very, very little seemingly on the exter- externally that has to do with this month. And especially the month of Cheshvan comes right after a, a packed month of Tishrei. We just went through, really starting from Elul, but Elul, and then we, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkish, Minatzeres, Samchastera. It's packed. It's packed with mitzvahs, it's packed with days. This year especially, we went back and forth from Shabbos to weekday, weekday to Shabbos, and it was... It was, it's really nonstop. It's really nonstop. I don't have a minute to breathe. And then it comes to Cheshvan and many of us are, are left wondering, okay, like, what do, what do we do now? So what's the Avoida? Do we just go back to regular life? Is it just everything comes back, settling down? How do we take everything that we gained over the past two months, El and Tishrei, and, and make it practical? How do we really take this and make this into something? And that's really what I hope to talk a little bit about today is what our mindset's supposed to be going into the month of Cheshvan. Just before I forget, thank you to the Ben Yishais for hosting. Again, they got the schos. David told me after the last one that if we're gonna do another shir, he already grabs the schos first. So Mitzvah Shem, it should be a schos that this, their home should continue to be a Beisvad l'chachamim and to chachamois and to people that are looking to grow. And again, I, I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned this by the last year and I've definitely mentioned this many, many times in the community. Uh, what I've seen from the first Shabbos that me and my wife spent in the community is it's a community of people who are looking to grow and desiring to grow and looking for more and more opportunities. And Mitzvah Shem, this should be one of, one of many opportunities that the Menishais have and the community has to be able to host groups of people that are looking to grow and looking to, uh, to figure out how to become greater of the Hashem. So I, I wanna focus on something specific that happened in this past week's parsha, and I think we'll open up our eyes to really understand what the whole idea and what the goal of Chedesh Cheshvan is. That when we talk about breakdowns that took place at the beginning of creation, most of us focus on the breakdown that took place between Adam Arishan 
And Hashem, Hashem told Adam Rishon, don't eat from the Eitz Adas. You can eat from all the other trees that are in the Gan, everything else in the garden. Don't eat from the Eitz Adas. We all know that the Nachash, the snake, came over to Chava. Chava went over to Adam. Adam, Chava, the Nachash, they all ate from the Eitz Adas. And that was the real breakdown that everything, everything went chaotic after that. Adam Rishon was kicked out of Gan Eden. Uh, there was death brought to the world, difficult childbirth, difficult, everything really broke down from there. But, but there are other breakdowns that really take place at the beginning of creation that are maybe not as much focused on. There's the breakdown of the sun and the moon, which has a lot to do with Rishchidosh. We won't talk about it today. But that breakdown that the moon says, I want to be like the sun. And the sun, I don't want to be like the sun. I don't want that, that there should be two malachim, two kings that both have the same crown. And the moon complains and Hashem diminishes the size of the, the moon and makes the moon smaller and the sun remains at the same state. That also is a breakdown which takes place at the beginning of creation. That's also, there's something underlying that really, we're focusing on the blueprint of the next 6,000 years, there's something in there that's very deep. But there's another breakdown that's found in a Rashi and found in the Chazal that I think is the whole secret to what Chaydesh Cheshvan is. The Pasuk says the following, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating discussion, a fascinating, you know, it, chain of events that took place. The Pasuk says like this, this is when Hashem, when Hashem is the beginning of creation. Hashem is saying that the ground, the grass should grow and the tree should grow. Rashi says a, Rashi says a fascinating thing. Eitz pri. Rashi says, The way that the intention, the way Hashem intended nature to really be is that the, the taste of the bark and the taste of the tree should taste exactly like the fruit, which means you have an apple tree, and obviously the apple tastes delicious, take the apple off, it tastes good. If you would be able to peel off a piece of that bark, it should taste exactly like the fruit, exactly like the apple. Zakt Rashi, the tree rebelled and the tree did not do that. Instead of being Eitzpri, which is the way Hashem originally commanded, if you look at the beginning of the Pasuk, Hashem said it should be a tree with fruit, the tree decided not to do that. The tree said it's going to be an Eitzpri, a tree which will make fruit. The bark doesn't taste good. The bark has no taste. It's disgusting. You don't want to eat the bark, but the fruit will taste good. Zakt Rashi, so what happened was this tree rebelled. And maybe that's a discussion for a totally different time how a tree can even rebel. Trees don't have free will. What it means that the tree rebelled. But Rashi says the tree rebelled. The tree decided that it's not going to do that which Hashem told it to do. And therefore, Rashi says, when Adam Arish and Eifan the Eitzadas, the tree was punished. And the tree was cursed. And that's what happens after the head of Adam Rishon. And not only is Adam Rishon cursed, but the ground is cursed. And everything is cursed. All of creation and all of vegetation is cursed because of the sin of Adam Rishon. Now, what in the world is Hashem intending? Hashem wants that the bark should taste like the fruit. What's the purpose in that? You have the fruit. You have a tree. The tree grows the fruit. You take the fruit off. You eat the fruit. What, what purpose is there in the fruit taste, in the bark tasting like fruit? And what does it mean that the trees rebelled and then the bark didn't taste like the fruit? And that was only the fruit and not the bark. And, and why does Hashem wait until Adam Rishon did, did his Avera, Eifan the Eitzadas, to curse it, to, to, give it, to give it to Klala? If the tree did something which is wrong, it should have been cursed right away. It's a very odd sequence of events that Hashem gives this command, which doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, that the bark should taste like the fruit. The trees rebel, now the bark does not taste good. And now there's only the fruit tastes good, but not the bark. And then Hashem curses the trees, but not immediately. There's no immediate consequence. It waits all the way until Adam Rishon does Zavera, a few days later on creation, and only then does the tree get cursed. And, and, and the obvious question is, what in the world's going on? What's Hashem's intention? And what happened that wasn't Hashem's intention? 
So this farm explained to us something fascinating. The tree and the bark and the fruits represent two different aspects of a person's life. The tree, beginning from the roots, all the way up to the actual branches that make the fruit, represent a part of a person's life that's called work. It's called traveling, it's called doing, it's called, it's called getting to a destination. It's, it's, the de- it's not the destination itself, but it's the aspect of getting from point A to point B. That's the whole, you take a seed, you put it in the ground, it grows roots, and then it grows a tree, and even in halachi, you're not allowed to eat the fruits for the first three years. There's a process that takes place from the beginning of when that seed's planted, and it decomposes, and the roots start growing, and the tree grows all the way until you can pick that first apple and eat the first apple. The tree and the bark, and, and, and that wood, which we see and we call the tree, represents the point of travel to get from a seed to an apple. The apple represents the teitzah, represents when things come out, represents fruit, represents fruit, represents that which you're able to take and actually eat. What the Rabbani Shalom intended and the way, and the way the world was supposed to look at Adam Rishon not eaten from the Eitzah Das was that the travel should be as enjoyable as the destination itself. What we struggle with, and this is really the whole Avayid of Cheshvan, what we struggle with is we want to be at the destination. We want to be at a certain place. We want to taste the fruit. We want to be picking the fruit already and enjoying and, and appreciating that beauty that the fruit has to offer. And what we don't appreciate and what we don't value and what is not important to us is all of the work that takes getting from point A to point B. And the, the, the basic kilkel, the basic breakdown that took place in creation is that the fruit and the bark don't taste the same. Is that that, that aspect of, of putting in work, not, not to get, not the, the destination itself, not the fruit itself, but the, the travel from the seed to the fruit doesn't taste good. It doesn't, it's not enjoyable. If you ask, you ask the average person who's working, what's their goal? So many people will tell you, my goal when I'm working is to get to the next vacation. I work so that I can you know, save, put away money so that eventually I can get to the next vacation. Okay, that, that means that the bark, that means that the work itself, that, that most of your time, most of your day is involved in things which is not enjoyable. And my whole goal is only to get to the fruit, is only to get to the vacation, is only to get to that final stage. You know, it's people bringing up children. What's the goal? The goal is I want to be able to walk my kids down to the chuppah. Okay, that's the goal. But there's a lot that goes in to getting to walking your kids down the chuppah. There's a tremendous amount of work and tremendous amount of days and, and sitting with your children and being involved in your children's life that goes from that point of a seed all the way to walking your child down the chuppah. There's a lot that goes into it and what we don't value enough, and this is, you know, began already at the beginning of creation, what we don't value enough is that work and that enjoy, the enjoyment of being on the journey itself. There's two aspects a person, a person, there's two aspects to a person's life. One is called doing and one is called being. Doing is the fruits. Doing is action. Doing is okay. There's a fruit. There's, there's something I can taste. There's something that's sweet. There's something that's enjoyable. But what we don't appreciate enough is being. Is that, is that in order for the tree to be able to produce the fruits that it produces, it takes years of the fruit ju- of the tree just being. Just being in the state of sitting and the roots are growing and it's a slow process and eventually the tree starts to grow and the, the first three years we can't eat it and the fourth year is net to revive us. And finally in the fifth year, we can, we can eat the fruit. But if the farmer doesn't appreciate and doesn't allow all of that work to take place and is only just rushing to try to get to the fruit, then the fruit never has the ability to grow. The fruit never has the chance to grow. The, the, what happened at the beginning of creation is that we don't appreciate the death. We don't appreciate the travel. We don't appreciate the work that's necessary to get somewhere. 
this is in all aspects of, of creation. It has to do with relationships. It has to do with a relationship, the Hashem relationship, a mitzvah. But, but really, it, it boils down to one thing. It boils down to a person being able to be. And this is really what happened with Adam Rishon as well. Adam Rishon, what did he do? He took, the, he took the fruit and he separated the fruit from the tree. What he did was he separated the fruit from the tree. The Sfarim explained to us that Hashem wanted him to eat from the Eitzadas, but not yet. He was supposed to eat from the Eitzadas on Shabbos. What Adam Rishon did was Adam Rishon said, I can't wait until I get to Shabbos to be able to eat from the Eitzadas. I want it now. I don't want to appreciate that waiting process, that process of travel, which is going to get me to the destination. I want to be at the destination now. I want to eat from the Eitzadas. And therefore Adam Rishon lost that capability to just be to just be in Gan Eden, to just be able to sit and to relax and to be, to have that sense of Yeshiva Das, Adam Rishon lost. And that's what it means that the tree, this is breakdown between the tree, the bark, and the fruit. Hashem wanted that the eight, the Tama eats, Ketama Pri, that the fruit tastes like the tree, that, that we should appreciate and value that work of just sitting, just being, not saying, okay, we're looking for the next vacation, we're looking for the next milestone, we're looking for the next big yantif, we're looking, just to be, just to be able to appreciate the time that we spend doing the things that are just regular, mundane, everyday things, things that are not spectacular, things that are not big and overwhelming and exciting and not you know, social media worthy, but the things that are just simple, regular, everyday things. And the beauty of that world, which should have been, is that Tama Eitz Ketama Pri, that the work and the travel to get to the destination is just as meaningful and just as enjoyable as the destination itself. And that's why when you look at what happened after Adam Rishon Eif and the Eitz Adas, Almost everything that took place was a breakdown in the, 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 the ability to be able to appreciate the process to get to the actual destination. You look at what, 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 the, what was the Nachash punished with. The Nachash used to have legs. It's a very odd thing. We've never seen a snake with legs, but that's the way the Nachash used to be. The Nachash used to have legs, used to be able to walk around. Hashem said that one of the things that's going to happen to the Nachash is legs are cut off. That means that the journey itself, the traveling it's not enjoyable anymore for the Nachash. It used to be that he had two legs, he can walk. He, he had the ability to walk around like a human being. Now what happens? The Nachash's legs are cut off. Now instead of being able to walk around and enjoy the process of just walking, not, not getting some, just the ability to be able to walk, to have those two legs that were cut off. And now his, now his whole process of traveling is no longer enjoyable. His whole process of traveling is something which he's slithering in the mud, he's slithering in the dirt, he's all the way on the floor because he can't appreciate the ability to walk anymore. Chava was cursed. And a woman are cursed that there's going to be pain in childbirth. That's the same thing. The, the goal of childbirth and the pain of childbirth is to get to the child. That, that's the goal. And, and what it should have been is that that whole process, including pregnancy, and the whole process of pregnancy and childbirth and labor should have been enjoyable because that process represents the work that's necessary to bring out the child into one's lives, to bring that child into the world. And it should have been an enjoyable process before Adam and Chava ate from the Eitz Once they ate from the Eitz and they showed that they weren't capable of just being, of just existing, of just being able to appreciate that which they have without looking to get the next, to get the next high, to get from the Eitz Adas. So Hashem said, okay, then the process to get to that world, which is called a child, which is the pre, which is the fruit, is not going to be enjoyable and there's going to be pain in that process. And Adam Rishon was cursed with the same thing. Chazal tell us that Adam Rishon, before he ate from the Eitz Adas, there were, there were loaves of bread growing on the trees and it's going to happen again when Mashiach comes. There's not going to be a difficult process to get bread and to be able to get Parnassah. Adam Rishon was cursed. Now the whole process, the rat race now takes place. And now Adam Rishon is involved in a world which he's just running. And by the sweat of his brow, he needs to eat bread. There's no longer the enjoyment to just say, okay, I just have the bread. But now the process to get to the bread is now difficult also. Because what Adam and Chava lost 
And it began with the eights, is that ability to be able to just sit and appreciate and enjoy without looking for a chavaya, without looking for an excitement, without looking for something big, just to be able to be in, in, in relationships. You know, we'll talk about this in a Gashmi level and then maybe in a Ruchniyas level as well. In a Gashmiyas level, there's the aspect of relationship. I just spoke about this to the, to the men maybe two, three nights ago. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's an example that maybe the woman will appreciate a little bit more. Example of, of a couple who's going on a, on a anniversary. You know, they're going out for the anniversary, the 10th anniversary, 20th anniversary. And the husband's in charge of planning the trip. That's the way I think I've learned from my rebbeim is that the wife gets the babysitter and the husband has to plan the trip. That's the way I made my wife do it. That the husband has to plan the trip. And, you know, the, the wife gets the babysitter, the husband gets a trip. They're going away for a night. And the husband's, you know, putting in a lot of work to try to find a place. And on the way there, he, the whole time, he's on his phone checking up the menu of the place that, of the place, of the restaurant that they're going to, trying to figure out what they're going to order. And then they come into the restaurant and they sit down in the restaurant and they're sitting across from each other. And the husband's looking, you know, to try to figure out where they're going to go when they finish eating. And he's trying to find the best place to go, somewhere around the city, somewhere enjoyable, somewhere they can go and hang out. And he's checking up a place. And then on the way after they go, they eat, they eat their whole meal with the husband on his phone, 60 to 70% of the time trying to check for where they should go after they finish eating. They come to the place, you know, the post eating, they found a nice park to walk around in, in Central Park, they're walking around. And the husband's on his phone trying to figure out how he can get back, what's the best route to take to get back home. And then they finally, on the way back home, the husband's busy making sure that everything's set up for work the next night. And finally, on the way back, the wife's like, uh, okay, there was a very nice vacation. There was a very nice anniversary celebration, but we didn't spend any time together. You were so busy planning the night and you're so busy trying to figure out all the aspects of the night. We, we didn't have the ability to spend a minute together, to spend any time together. We, we get so caught up in looking for the fruit that sometimes we forget to appreciate the value of just simple conversation. If a person wants to build relationships, wants to build deep relationships, both with their spouses and their children, it, it doesn't begin with big vacations and big exciting trips to Disneyland. It begins with simple things, with simply spending time with each other, with having that ability to have yeshiva das, just the peace of mind to be able to be present where we are. If we're, if we're present when we pick up our children from school, we're present when we, when we spend time and by the dinner table with our children, that's what our kids remember. Sometimes we get caught up in thinking that our kids' memories are going to be of the big trip that we did to Disneyland and the big trip that we did to on Sukkot and Pesach and the Cholomay trips. That's not what our kids remember. That's not what I remember about my, about my, my, my family growing up. And I imagine that that's not what most of us remember about our, our childhood memories growing up. It's the simple things. It's sitting around by a Shabbos table. It's sitting around by a supper table. It's having simple conversations. And the work of Eitz Pri, that the Tam, the tam of the Eitz could be to Tam of the Pri means that we're not looking to get to a destination. We're happy with just being. We're happy to sit and to converse and to just be in the moment with our spouses, with our children, with, with the things that we're doing. We're not looking for something big and grand and beautiful. We're just looking to be. We're just looking to recognize that the only way we're gonna get to the fruit is when there's a process that's in it, there's a process that takes place. You know, it really, really, if, if you go back to even before Chedesh Cheshvan, it really begins even a little earlier than that. It begins with Shmini Atzeres and Simchas Torah. The, the whole Avoida of Shmini Atzeres and Simchas Torah is not to do anything. But you know, we think of Simchas Torah as a very busy, hectic day. In Halacha, there's nothing to do in Simchas Torah. It's a regular Yantif, but there, there's, no, there's no mitzvah, there's no Halacha that you have to dance around with the Sefer It's a minig. There's a minig board in the Ramah, but it's not a Halacha, it's a minig. You don't shake the lul of an esrig, b'chassidim, they don't even sit in the sukkah on Shemini Yatzer, nobody sits in the sukkah. It's a yantif where the Rabbanisham says, you are so busy doing things, I just want you to be. I just want you to be with me to recognize that a real relationship with Hashem is not only about sitting in the sukkah and shaking the lul of an esrig and, and dancing with it. It's just being with the Rabbanisham. It's on a Tuesday morning that a person has the ability to take out the siddur for five minutes and to daven to Hashem. 
And Rav says, I value that. Because now you're being and you're not so caught up in the world of doing. The avayda of chaydash cheshvan is just to be. It is not to look for anything grand and big and beautiful, but just to be, to recognize that if we want to really live and we want to really live to its fullest, we need yishavadas. And yishavadas means that I'm settled in the moment that I am. And I'm just trying to figure out what am I supposed to be doing right now? Not how do I get to the next destination, but, but how do I live in the moment right now? I said over the story many times to, 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 to the men in shul because the story really personifies this, this aspect of Yishevadas as a tzaddik who lives in Yerushalayim in the Amshinava Rebbe. Amshinava Rebbe in general, his, his zmanim, anyone who's ever heard about him, his zmanim are very, very, you know, very lengthy. He, he, I know somebody who was there, Yom Kippur by him. He, he fasted on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur was a Wednesday this year. He only broke his fast Friday morning after, after Nates. He was davening and fasting straight from Wednesday without sleeping, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He's, he's a person who lives totally, totally lamalam and asmani. He doesn't live in this world at all. And one of the, one of the midas that he has, which is, I, I, met him, I met him once in my life that I really, that I sat with him for, for a few seconds. One of the midas that he has is total, total yeshivadas. He's totally present on what he's doing. You don't feel that when he's talking to you, he's trying to get somewhere else. He has another destination that he's trying to get to. So I told over to the men that at the beginning, when he used to, his Pesach Seder goes very late, obviously. It goes till the next night. But he begins his Pesach Seder late, and he's, he does the Afakayman right before Nate's. It's, it's a whole avoid of him. It's a tremendous amount of time. So somebody one time approached him and said, listen, the, the reason why you're starting your Pesach Seder so late is because you're davening Mincha, Erev Pesach, and the Mincha takes a long time. His, his davening takes, when he benches, it takes him about an hour and a half to bench every time he benches. His davening can take hours and end. They told him, maybe rush the mincha a little bit. Do a little bit of a quicker mincha. You'll be able to start my roof earlier. And then you'll be able to start the seder a little bit earlier. And everything will be at a bit, of a, a bit more of a normal time. So he looked at the person like he was crazy. He said, I don't understand what you're saying. You're saying I should rush mincha so that I could get to my riv? He said, when I'm davening mincha, I'm davening mincha. My goal when I'm davening mincha is not to finish mincha so that I can get to my rev. My goal is to daven mincha. So I have to put everything into the mincha that I'm davening and not try to figure out, okay, what's coming after mincha. To be somebody who's totally present means that when I'm doing something, I'm totally there. The first time I ever met the Rebbe was on, was on Hanukkah morning. He, he lights his menorah right before Nates. He spends the whole night preparing for lighting the menorah. He lights the, he lights the menorah right before the sun comes up. So it's still night. And then he spends like an hour or two by the Monero, and then he greets people. People can come into his house. There's a teeny little apartment in Bayevagan. People can come into his house to wish him a Freilich and Chanukah. There's a line of about 150 people there waiting for him at about 9.30. So if you can just imagine, he's been up the whole night already preparing, lighting the Monero, and he hasn't slept. He's not a, he's not a 20, 30-year-old man. He's an old man. And he spent the whole night preparing, the whole night lighting the Monero. I, I walked into him. I thought that, okay, I've been to a lot of Rebbe's before. You go in, you move, you quick. It's, it's, it's you know, for Chanukah, and you move on. I can't explain to you, I can't describe to you that the, the three seconds that I spent with him, it felt like the whole world stopped. Literally the whole world stopped. I'll remember for the rest of my life. I walked in, I walked up the steps and I walked in front of him and he told me two, he told me two lines. He said, a freilich in Chanukah and a freilich in Tamid. A freilich in Tamid means you should always be happy. And, and I, I can't explain to you, for those three seconds that he said those words to me, I, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. The whole world stopped. It's total, total yeshivadas. I didn't think, it, it didn't look to me that he was looking at who's the next guy coming in and how many more people are left online and how many more people do I still have to say, you know, Freilich and Hanukkah to. He was totally present in that moment and I felt him saying a Freilich and Hanukkah to me a thousand percent. And you look at somebody like that, it was yeshivadas and that's what the Rav intended for the world. He wanted the tama eats, ketama pri, that the, that the fruit and the bark should taste the same. That's bark, that's not fruit. 
that, that's not the ultimate, that, that's just being present in the moment that right now, whatever I'm doing, I'm doing a thousand percent. If I'm cooking supper, I'm cooking it a thousand percent. If I'm picking up my kids, it's a thousand percent. If I'm talking to my husband, it's a thousand percent. Everything to do everything a thousand percent and not to worry about the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. It's it's one of the biggest challenges specifically in our generation is that we're caught in a rat race. We're running, running, running. Even if we're not working, we don't have jobs. There's always something, there's always something more to do and there's always another, the next thing and there's always another thing taking place. And there's another Sheva Brachas, another dinner and I have to pick up this kid and, and there's another PTA and there's another... And there's a lot of things taking place. And the avoid of Chaydesh Cheshvan is Tama Eitz Ketamapri. To just to stop, to be able to appreciate, and to be able to stop and appreciate those small moments. Nothing big, nothing fancy, nothing exciting, nothing noteworthy, nothing that you can write home about, but just those simple, simple moments of just being able to sit and appreciate being as opposed to doing. And that, that's the world that Adam Marishan could have lived with before the Chet. And the whole punishment of Adam Marishan was not to be able to appreciate the journey. You know, one of the halachas that we have when a person comes to the base of Mikdash, and so we should see it soon, is that when you're in the base of Mikdash, you can't, you can't wear shoes in the base of Mikdash. You have to take your shoes off. The kainim do the same thing when they duchen, the dubechas kainim take their shoes off. You can't wear shoes in the base of Mikdash. And okay, it's an odd thing, you have to take your shoes off. Why, why do you have to take your shoes off when you come to the base of Mikdash? You can't wear shoes in the base of Mikdash, it's a holy place. We wear shoes in shul, we wear shoes in a lot of other places where it's holy, and really, Hashem already told us to Moshe Rabbeinu and Hashem met Moshe Rabbeinu by the burning bush. Shalma alechem arag lech, they just take your shoes off. Why do you have to take your shoes off in the base of Mikdash? Because when you're in the base of Mikdash, you have to stop moving. The avoida of being in the base of Mikdash is just to be. Shoes represent, I'm trying to get somewhere. I'm trying to move to another location. I have my shoes on because I want to get from point A to point B and I'm trying to get somewhere. Hashem says, when you come to the base of Mikdash, I just want you to be. I don't want you to go anywhere. I don't want you to have another destination that, okay, now I'm in the base of Mikdash but I have to go somewhere else after. Hashem says, come to the base of Mikdash, take your shoes off, just settle in. However long you're gonna be here for, but be here 100%, be here totally present. There's Allah when it comes to the base of Mikdash, it's a fascinating Allah. When a person's oilo the regal, you have to be oilo the regal three times a year. When you're oilo the regal, you're not allowed to leave Yerushalayim the night of Matzah Yantif. Right? Most of us would be oil of the regal. We, we go up to the base of Mikdash. It's, it, it's a chaotic experience. Millions of people you know, flooding Yushalayim. And I imagine that most of us at the end of a long yanta spending Yushalayim not in our own comfort zones would want to just go right back to our own houses wherever we're going to live in Mitz Hashem. Shall we to live in Yushalayim? Wherever we're going to live, we want to go back to our own houses and settle back in. There's a halacha called lina. You have to remain in Yushalayim the night after your oil of the, the night after your oil of the regal, Matzah And you can't leave until the next morning. Why? Why can't you leave till the next morning? The same thing. Hashem says, I don't want you to rush out right after Yandif. I want you to just be present. You're coming to be a little regal. You're coming three times a year to walk, to come to the base of Mikdash. Just stay there and just be present. Don't have the mindset that, okay, Matzah Yantif, I want to leave right away. Just remain one more night, not to do anything. There's nothing that you do. You don't bring a carbon. You don't have to be in the base of Mikdash. Just remain one more night in your lodgings and just wait till the next morning to leave. Because Hashem says, I want to teach you the secret of being totally present, of eights, tama eights, katama pri. That it's not about, okay, now I need to get back home, I need to get back to work, I need to get back. Just appreciate and just be able to sit and relax. When I, I learned, when I, was in, when I was in Masifta, when I was in high school, I learned in, the, in Philly Yeshiva. In Philly Yeshiva, they have a rule, they don't let you leave a Matzim Kippur. Every Yeshiva ends this man and Matzim Kippur. Most Yeshivas, they leave a Matzim Kippur, you're not allowed to leave until the next morning. And, and the, the basis for this rule that they made, already my father learned in the yeshiva, they already made it when my father was there, is for this exact reason. They don't want you to be thinking in the middle of Ni'ilah, okay, how am I getting home? Do I have everything packed? What do I need to bring? The mindset is just, just be. 
Just allow yourself to be in the be present in the moment, to have that sense of yeshivadas. I'm not going anywhere. I have no destination. I'm just appreciating the journey itself. And that's really what Hashem intended the world to look like. And that's what our Avoid is during Chedesh Cheshvan. And we, we, we find that one of the things, one of the things in, in, in Chedesh Cheshvan, and this is, every month has one of these, but Chedesh Cheshvan has one that specifically is connected to a certain Pasuk. Every month has within it, contains within it, the, the name Yudke Vavke re, in a different order. The name Yudke Vavke is the ultimate name of Hashem. The ultimate way we can refer to Hashem is Yudke Vavke. It's a name that we don't even pronounce. But Yudke Vavke can be rearranged in 12 different ways. You have two letters, it's two Hays, so it can, it can be rearranged in 12 different ways. Every single month has a way that Yudke Vavke is arranged in that month. Some months, like the month of Nisan, it's arranged in order. Yudke Vavke, and it's a Pasuk. There's a Pasuk that goes along with it. By the month of Nisan, for example, it's the easiest one. It's Yismachu HaShemayim, Vesagal Aretz, Yudke Vavke. Every month represents a different Pasuk, and that Pasuk will always contain within it the letters of Yudke Vavke spelled the exact way of that month. The month of Chaydesh Cheshvan is the letters Hei Vav Yudke. So it's the letter Yudke, the name Yudke Vavke, rearranged where it's Hei Vav Yudke. And it comes from the following Pasuk. And this Pasuk is the key to Chaydesh Cheshvan. It's everything we've been talking about. The Pasuk is a Pasuk in Dvarim Perch Vav. The Pasuk says like this. The beginning of the Pasuk is a famous Pasuk. But it, the Pasuk goes like this. Yisrael. We ask Hashem to look down from high above, from Shemayim, and to bless Klal Yisrael, and the land that he gave to us, referring to Eretz Yisrael, as we swore to our forefathers to give us this land, Eretz Zavas a land which is flowing with milk and honey. This day, Hashem commands you to do the Chukam HaMashpatim. So if you look carefully at, at, the, at the Pasuk, which obviously you don't have it in front of you, but if you look carefully at the Pasuk, you'll find that the name Yudke Vavke is in there, spelled in the exact way that the, that the Svarim explained to us is, is, the, is the Tziruf of Chaydesh Cheshvan, which is Hey, which is Vav, Hey, Hey Yud. Where is it found? If you look at the words, So Udvash is a Vav, that's the first Vav. Hayyim, which is the beginning of the next Pasuk, which is a Hey. Hazeh is another Hey. Hashem, which is obviously Hashem's name, begins with a Yud. So it's Vav, Hey, Hey Yud. What words is it? Udvash, which means on honey. Hayyim hazeh, today, Hashem. That's the secret of Chedesh Cheshvan right there in four words. Udvash, Dvash means honey. Dvash means sweetness. What are the next words? Hayyim hazeh, today. The secret of Chedesh Cheshvan is Udvash to find the sweetness in today. Not in something bigger, not in something more grand, not on a yantif, not on a vacation, not on something beautiful on a major milestone. Udvash to find the sweetness in Hayyim hazeh. And that's how a person connects to the last word, which is Hashem. The secret of Chedesh Cheshvan is Udvash Hayyim Hazeh Hashem. To be able to connect, to appreciate, to value the moments that we're in. And that's the Ikra Avaita, to find the sweetness in every, in every single day that we live in. The month of Chedesh Cheshvan, the Sefi Yitzir tells us, is also the month of the, month of the scent of smell. That's what it's connected to, the world of smell. What does smell represent? Smell represents the same thing. Smell represents a person's breathing. Breathing means that I, I'm just, you know, anyone has ever, ever, you know, looked into the world of meditation and, and mindfulness, it always begins with breathing. Breathing means that I'm just being present to where I am, to the breaths that I'm taking, to the fact that I'm here, to the fact that I'm alive, appreciating every breath that Hashem gave me. Breathing and smell means that I can appreciate 
that which is right here. Uh, I'm not looking for anything else, even breathing, even smell. Smell, there's nothing to smell. You don't get anything out of smell. If you have a, if you have a food and the food smells good, you don't get anything out of it. You, you can't eat this smell. Smell represents just appreciating something for the fact that it smells good. Not the taste, the taste is something else. The taste is the fruit. The taste is the ultimate, that's the destination. Smell means that I'm able to appreciate the, the journey to get to the destination. The ability to be able to recognize the, 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 that, that place which is just getting, getting me to the actual food. Not the taste of the food, but the smell which brings me to the food. The, the ability to be able to stop and to smell, right? Even there's an expression in English, stop and smell the coffee, right? Stop, it, it means just stop and appreciate the scent of smell. Sense of smell doesn't do anything, but it's being able to appreciate your surroundings and be able to appreciate where you are. The secret of Chaydesh Cheshman is smell. It means that I can stop and appreciate and value the simple things in life. The first time that we find the concept of smell in the Torah is in this week's parasha, parasha's Nayach. When, when Nayach brought a carbon, after Nayach came out of the Teva, the Pasuk says that it brought a Reich Nichayach Tashem. The first time you find something is always the headquarters of what that idea means. What does Nayach mean? The word Nayach means to rest. Nayach means Nach, he's calm. Nayach represents Shabbos, the Zerah Kaddish tells us. Nayach represents the ability to just be calm, to just live in the moment. If you can think about even Nayak's life, Nayak spent 120 years building a teva. Do you know how much Yishev Adas it takes to be able to build a teva for 120 years, to be able to be involved in building something for 120 years? Anybody who's done, done over their home and done any construction in the home knows that there's, there's a constant, a person wants, okay, you wanna to get to the end already. You wanna to get to the place where you're able to walk into the home and the home looks the way you envisioned it, the way you planned it, the way you imagined it. We're building a shul and there's a constant push. Okay, we want it to be built already. We wanna go there, we want it to be there already. Nayak spent 120 years building something. That takes a tremendous amount of Yishev Adas to just appreciate that every day I'm putting in another nail and a little bit and, and you can't even see the destination. You can't even, it's, it's gonna take decades and decades to get to the destination, but Nayak represents the ability to just stop and to appreciate that there's a journey. There's a 120 year journey to get to the destination. Nayak spent a year in the Teva being surrounded by every animal, every animal. We, we know how much Yishev Adas it takes to be, you know, to come into a house full of children and to come to a house where there's a million things going on and everyone needs supper and this one needs this and this one needs their homework done. Nayak lived in a Teva with all the animals of the world. You can imagine what kind of chaos was going on in the Teva. Every animal needed to be fed. Every animal was screaming and making noise. And Nayak had to feed his family and his children. And it, there's a million things going on. But Nayak's name represents Yishev Adas. He's Nayak, he's calm. He's able to be totally, totally present in the moment. Nayak is not running. Nayak is not trying to do anything. Nayak says, okay, now this animal needs to be fed. I'm gonna go there. Now this animal, I'm gonna go there. Nayak has the ability and the calmness to be able to represent that world, which means Yishev Adas, that world of Cheshvan. The avoid of Chaydesh Cheshvan is exactly this. It's just stopping and appreciating the moments that we have. There's nothing big in Chaydesh Cheshvan because Hashem wants us to stop. Hashem, you know, we get so caught up with doing big things, even in mitzvahs, even in ruchnias, even in Yom Tov, Hashem says stop, stop everything. Just appreciate being together with Him. Appreciate being together with the Rabban Shalom. Appreciate the fact that we have the ability to be together with our families, the ability that we can just sit. Rain represents the same thing. Rain means when it's raining, nobody wants to leave their house. It's the beauty of rain. When it rains, everyone just wants to stay inside. And Hashem makes it rainy and cold and snowy because Hashem says, just sit in your house with your family. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. It's not a to go outside. Just sit and appreciate being. Not going, not doing, not looking for a chavayah, not looking for experience. Just experience being. The avoid of chaydesh chesvan is tama eitz. 
Ketama Pri, that the bark is able to taste like the fruit. And, and it's Ruchnius and Gashmis, everything, everything in life. It's a secret to really living the ultimate life. Rabbi Nachman said about himself, he said that, that, that the only way that a person can live a proper life, he said, is when a person lives at Yishev Adas. A person can live for 70 years, he said, and you can live totally dead. Because, and you may be doing everything you need to be doing, he said. You can do every mitzvah, and you, can, you can fulfill everything you need to be doing, but you're not living alive because you are never present and never mindful of the life that you're living. And you're running from one PTA to another supper, to another graduation, to another, to another meeting, to another coffee day. And, and you never stop to just be. And you live for 70 years, 80 years, 100 years, you live to 120, and we never stop to be. And a person is not really living his life. He said, I, I lived a life which is good life. Good life means that I'm present and I'm mindful in the things that I'm doing. It means that I'm not looking for something big and grand. I'm able to be present wherever I am. I'm able to stop and just say, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is my avoider right now. And one of the challenges of, of, of having a smartphone, and I know because I struggle with it as well, is that in general phones, forget about even smartphones, there's always, there's always, you're doing one thing, but there's always, you can always multitask. There's always a way to also be, you know, texting somebody and also be checking something up and also be cool. And we forget how to just be, how to just live in the moment, how to just be totally present when we're doing something. When we're talking to our children to just be there for them, to just sit with our child and to listen to them will mean more than all the trips we can ever take to Disneyland and all the vacations we can ever take is to just sit and to listen to our kids, to sit and to listen to our spouses, sit and to listen to ourselves, to just be able to be present with ourselves, take a few minutes to breathe, to just be alive, to just appreciate everything that we have already. Chaga Asif is the Yantif of Sukkot. Sukkot is the Yantif that we gather everything in. It's the Yantif when they, when they even, you know, practically when they used to gather in all the crops that they had into their houses. And then Chaytash Cheshman just means to just be, to just appreciate the value of everyday. Udvash Hayoyim Hazel Hashem. The sweetness, the beauty, not of, not of Rosh Hashanah, not of Yom Kippur, not of Sukkot, Udvash, the sweetness of Hayoyim Hazel today. We say in Halal, when we say Rosh Hashem, Tuesday and Wednesday, we say Zeh Hayoyim, this day, rejoice and have, and have joy and have simcha and have pleasure in this day. What day is it referring to? It's referring to today. Whatever day it is, whether it's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, it's not referring to a big grand day. Zehayim Davin Melech says, today, Hashem, Hashem made today, enjoy it, appreciate it, value it, value today without always trying to be run to the next step. That's the Avoid of Chayyaz Cheshvan. It's so quiet and it's so beautiful because it's not to do anything. Hashem says, stop with everything. Stop with all the big avoiders and just appreciate being. If I can just end with a story. There was a chassid who had a hard time coming to his Rebbe. It was difficult. You know, the Rebbe didn't always live in the same town as the people and he had to travel for a while and he was busy with work and it wasn't easy for him to get to his Rebbe. It took a lot of time and he always wanted to go and he wanted to go for a few days to be able to spend time with his Rebbe. So it was, he wasn't able to go. This went on like this for a few months. A few months turned into a few years and it had already been three to four years since he had been to his Rebbe. And finally he decided enough's enough. So listen, I, I don't have the ability to be able to get to my Rebbe for a week or two weeks like I would like to for a whole Yontif, but I could be one Shabbos there. I could spend one Shabbos by my Rebbe. So he comes into the Rebbe and he finally hasn't seen his Rebbe in two, three years. He's expecting a big, a big Shalom Aleichem, a big warm greeting. He comes into his Rebbe. His Rebbe gives him a very cold greeting. He's very, very cold with him. Almost basically ignores him. He's very stung. He's very, he's very hurt. Here he is, he hasn't seen his Rebbe. He finally slept, he made it. It's difficult, you know, he's gonna be here just for one Shabbos and the Rebbe can't even give him the ability to be able to give him a nice Shalom Aleichem. So he asked the Rebbe, he says, Rebbe, well, why do I deserve a cold shoulder? It's hard for me, it's difficult, I slept here. You, you can't give me a nice Shalom Aleichem? The Rebbe said, a chassid who can't stay until Sunday doesn't need to be here on Shabbos either. If you don't have the ability to be here on Sunday, then I don't want you to be here for Shabbos. 
So the chassid said, Rebbe, okay, I'm here. I'm here 100%. I, I, I'm here for Shabbos. Rebbe, I'm here for Shabbos. I'm here for Sunday. I'll stay for as long as you want. I, I apologize. I was going to leave him on Shabbos. Rebbe, I'm here. Bashal Shud is that week. The Rebbe spoke at the following Pasuk. The Pasuk where Hashem's talking to Moshe Rabbeinu and telling Moshe Rabbeinu to come up to Har Sinai and he's going to give him the Luchais. And the Pasuk says the following. It's a fascinating two words. The Pasuk says, Hashem, Hashem tells Moshe, Alei, alei hahara. Come up to me on the mountain, Ve'yesham, and be there. Ask the Rebbe, what does it mean, Ve'yesham, and be there? Obviously, if Moshe Rabbeinu is going up to the mountain, obviously he's going to be there. Said the Rebbe that the goal of what Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu is go up to the mountain, Ve'yesham, just be there. Don't only come up to the mountain and get to Luchas and be busy the 40. Come up to the mountain, Ve'yesham, and just be there. And the Rebbe said that the secret is that there can be a chassid who comes to the Rebbe, and when he's already on the way to the Rebbe, he's already thinking about leaving. He's already on the way coming, to, the, coming to, the, to eat the fruit, but he's already thinking about how do I get home and what's my next place to get to and where am I gonna go to after? And there's no point in being there because he's coming and he's traveling, but as he's traveling and as he gets to the destination, the destination's already about the way back. And it's already about how is he leaving. Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu, come up and then just stop. But Yeshem, just be there. The Rebbe said, I don't need you to stay here for Sunday. It doesn't make a difference if you're here for Sunday, if you leave on Matzah Shabbos. But if you come in with the mindset that you're leaving right after Shabbos, then I'm nervous that on the way in, you're already on the way out. And you never, ever spent the Shabbos by me. The Rebbe said, what I want from you and I want from every chassid is to just come, Yesham, just to be there, just to be present. Our avoided during Chaydesh Cheshvan is with Dvash Hayoyim Azel Hashem. Not to go anywhere, not to do anything, not to look for something big just to be able to be present in the simple everyday things. We're not, we don't have to cook big yantif meals, it's basic suppers and basic breakfasts and basic, but that's the joy, that's the beauty, that's the bread and butter of what makes real relationships, both with ourselves, with our spouses, with our children, and most importantly with Hashem. It's the simple things, it's not the big, big Kabbalahs and big massive things and big Yom Tovim, it's a simple everyday relationship we have with Hashem. Hashem should help us, we should be zeicha, to really just be able to stop and smell, to stop and breathe, to stop and be there, to be present, to be able to be, doing that which we're doing 100%, like the option of a rabbi, just to be there, to have yeshiva das, just the presence of mind, not to be running and searching and looking for the next thing, but just to be able to be there. Hashem should help us be zeicha. It's, 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 it's so simple, but it's the key to, it's the key to everything. Yeshiva das, like Abnachman said, you want to live a good life, chayim toivim, it means yeshiva das, it means being present, it means not thinking about where am I going after this and where am I just being there. And wherever we are, we should be zeicha to be there 100%, to be totally there. Hashem should help us be zeichah to this. It's, it's, it's a challenge. It always was a challenge since the beginning of creation. It's only become more and more of a challenge in our generation. There's a lot of, a lot of static. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of chaos going on to just be able to be somewhere and be 100% present when we're talking to someone, when we're, when we're dealing with something, to just be there 100%. Hashem should help us. We should be zeichah to be able to do this properly, to be able to appreciate the value of the sweetness in every single day.